This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show, and we've got a great show lined up. We've got Mr. Steve Ronaldo at the round table. Uh, Jim's parting his hair in New York, I think, this weekend, whatever that means, but we got his chair there. <laughs> what else can you ask for? We got his chair, and uh, he'll be back with us uh, next week, and then uh, we're going to take off and... Why isn't that working? He asked. And who answers? Wow. <laughs> if you if he asks, who answers? That's right. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back uh, next week with Jim and Steve, and uh, then we're going to uh, take off a couple of weeks for Christmas and New Year's, and uh, it should be good. I tell you what, uh, the last few days... Anybody that has a late model car, their uh, tire alarm, I'm sure, has gone off. Oh, the TPMS uh, thing, yeah. Yeah, check check the old tires. Um, so I, I guess that. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably not a bad thing to 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 talk about. Is it, now, especially here in the southeast, where we're finally finally getting into winter, whether you like it or not, you're not going to have a choice. Uh, if you have a, a, a newer car, and again I'm talking oh, 2005 and later 2010 for sure, there's a little light that comes on, and sometimes it says TPMS. Sometimes it doesn't. It looks like a, a, a looks like the outline of a flat tire almost. Um, the Highline systems will tell you which tire is low on air. But as temperature drops, pressure drops. And they usually run, if you look on the door of your car, you'll see what the tire pressure is supposed to be. And, and they usually run four to five, if, if, it, if the pressure, which is very easy to do in this cold temperature, even if you have them set right, uh, drops down to, to less than four or five uh, uh, pounds of air pressure, uh, it'll turn the light on. And if you have a Highline system, it'll tell you each one. So if this light is on your dash, it sort of looks like a flat tire. It's nothing to really get overly concerned with in this cold weather. Just stop by a, a gas station or a tire store, and I'm sure they'll uh, fill them up to to uh, whatever the required specs are for the thing. You know, I, I was very surprised. You know, I've got a uh, the new, new uh, Explorer, yeah, and uh, it went off a... a few days ago and it was like one tire was a bit low but then I got I wanted to check and make sure what what manufacturer said and I was surprised to see on the door it's saying 35 pounds yes um, that's very normal I thought normal my normal was 32 pounds like from growing up that's, anyway yeah is that old well that's yeah that's true that was what it used to say on your DeSoto <laughs> But no, thirty-five is very normal on SUVs. My Dodge is uh, SUVs and trucks. The Dodge truck is thirty-five. That's very, very normal. Uh, but ag- again, it's not a big deal now. That they're very sophisticated systems. 
also have overinflation that will turn the light on. So uh, if you're when you're driving, say a long distance, and 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 you do have say your your we'll pick your car says thirty five, and a lot of people will set them to you know thirty five, thirty six, not pay much attention, and and as you go down the road, tire temperature increases, and as again, it's just the opposite. As it increases, the pressure increases, and some of the more sophisticated systems also have. Uh, overinflated? Yeah, overinflated. It tells you it's too much. It tells you it's too much. It's not safe at that point. You lose the the uh, uh, radial, the action, the side, you know, the little flexing of the radial. You get too much air in it. Like when I do with my pulling a car trailer, I always make sure that I have, the, the especially in the back, the, the maximum air pressure when I, when I tow the car trailer with this stuff. But uh, even uh, they have aftermarket tire pressure monitor systems for trailers and i'll tell you what guys if you if if you're towing a trailer i don't care what it is and you're going to put a car on there i i very strongly recommend that you you get a tire pressure monitor system the one that i have is a tire minder and i didn't even know they existed till a few years ago a friend of mine had a blowout on on his trailer and and he told me about he found out about this stuff and he passed it on to me and what's nice is it monitors the the pressure both low and high so if you start to lose air pressure this thing beeps and tells you which one and you can slow down or if just the converse if it gets too hot and pressure goes up and you're going to have a wheel bearing problem it'll let you know and you can get off the side of the road uh, it's one of the best safety, and it's wireless. It takes two minutes to hook up. Hmm. Yeah, the and the valve stems you have little transmitters, and then there's a receiver inside uh, the car. And I'll tell you, it I I I think it's one of the safest things anybody can have if they're going to tow uh, tow tow a car because you start figuring out your average car trailer is probably three. And the newer, lighter weight construction. Is is probably around three thirty five hundred. You put a four thousand. You got seven thousand pounds behind you. You got two more cars you're dragging around. And if that starts having trouble, you're in serious trouble. What's gonna? What was I going to ask? Oh, the old thing of check your tire air pressure when it's cool. Is that good or is that bad? Should you check it both times after you've been driving it and it's warmed up and expanded? Well, at this time, this is a good time when it's this cold. Now is a good time to bring it up to to regular because you're only going to go up. I, I it's kind of interesting. I I'll, on my trailer. The reason I know because I've I've done it a million times on the trailer. Uh, it says f- uh, fifty. So you fill your tire your, your trailer tires to fifty. And as I go down the the road, and you, and and you just you push a button and you check t- temperature and and pressure. It usually, if I start at fifty, they usually stay about fifty four, which is not dangerous at all. And if it's eighty outside, we'll we'll or we'll say tire pressure, tire temperature will reach around ninety five. And you can see it's pretty consistent across the board. So if you fill them up now, you're not going to have a problem. You're well within specs, even if you have a uh, overinflation. 
the hot thing to do is use nitrogen. Nitrogen is not affected by this stuff. Hmm. With that, I, w- I was reading in, in the manual, uh, and it would seem to me that when you had your tires, <coughs> when you put on a new set of tires, that the uh, the brain surgeon that's putting them on could easily screw up your... The TPMS, your yeah. yeah. That's why you want to go to a good tire store. They, they, these guys know what they're doing. And if they, you know, if, if they break one of those sensors, you're looking at a couple hundred bucks. And you know they ain't going to pay for it. And it looks like it would be fairly easy <coughs> to uh, break. They break it. How Does it report that it's broken... Yeah, you, you won't get, get a reading, and that, that if they break it, you, you won't get a reading on that, and the light will come on. Okay. And if so, if that happens right away, and it's going to happen right away, you go back and say, you know, this worked when I brought it here. Yeah, it's almost worthwhile to drive in, say, look, here it is. It's checking it. It's working. I expect it to be working. After. Yeah. Yeah. Or make a comment. Uh, play dumb and say what does new tires does that affect this tire pressure gizmo on the dashboard yeah because it it's not on now <laughs> yeah I, I they keep making great improvements that uh can drive an old man like myself crazy. oh yeah oh yeah some just but, trying but, to keep but, up with stuff but that thing like i said the the deal for your trailer is is uh is uh, really important. I, it, it's they're around a hundred bucks, and I'll tell you what, guys. I think it's one of the best hundred dollar investments that you can ever make. Make makes your. <laughs> I, I'm really nervous about towing. Anyway, fortunately, all these years I've done it. I've never even had a flat tire on a car trailer. You're lucky. Um, well, you got to take care of it, and you've you've got to keep on top of it. It's not yeah. something that you drag out between the maple trees in the back every five years and then go put a 5,000-pound Cadillac on it and go to a car show. Uh, you got to keep on top of this, the, the, the trailer stuff. Well, no question about that, but it can, you can still have a problem in changing a tire on a trailer. And a ta- you've got a tandem, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we have, that's we, even, even well, you know, less fun. Well, you know, there's a thing you can buy, too. Uh, you mentioned that, but it's, it's a V-shaped... Well, I don't know if it's V. It's like two two V's put together with a with a cutout in the middle. So say I did have a, a flat tire, we'll say the the driver's side front. I get this thing out, put it on the the in front of or and if it was the front one behind the back one, aiming back towards the back of the trailer, and you back up on this thing huh. and it picks the tire the wheel up off the ground. Huh. So you don't have to. You don't have to play with. You jack. don't have to do any jacks. You don't have to do anything, and they're 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 readily available, and they're about fifty bucks. Of course, now then you have Brenda out in the middle of the highway, trying to guide with the way you back up trailers. I'm yeah. just kidding you. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. To your right, to your yeah. right. No, to your left, to your right. <laughs> yeah, no, right, right here. Yeah, my to the right. Are yours or mine? I don't know. <laughs> 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 but anyway, uh, we've got a great show. We've got uh, Russell Glantz, and you, a few people might say, who's Russell Glantz? Well, Russell Glantz is the, I guess, would you call it executive director of the Boca Raton Concourse d'Elegance coming up February the 10th? Would it be a... 
executive director? I would guess a chairman, maybe. Chairman? I don't know. Well, we'll ask him when, when, he, when we get him online. That it's. Uh, I'm, I will mention the fact that uh, this is the 11th annual uh, concourse for Boca Raton, and it's uh, it's all for the boys and girls clubs of that area. So it's a. Uh, nice charitable uh, thing. And it's a good reason to go to Florida in February. There's a lot of good reasons, yes. <laughs> 24 of them outside today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so uh, you could go to go warm up a little bit. We're going to have uh, Russell Glantz on, and that should be an interesting conversation, finding out uh, the cars that he's going to have there. And um, who knows what else we'll talk about, but uh, we'll certainly be talking about that. Uh, any other news that we need to touch on right quick before we go to break? Uh, well, I just got back from Hershey for the National o- Awards uh, meeting, picking the, the best of the best of the best. And there was a, a new one that we had this year, uh, which is, is very uh, – this is going to be a hard one to give away. These awards are sponsored by, by uh, people – or sponsored by companies, and they get to write the wording. And uh, this new one is the Harley Earl uh, Era Design Trophy. And if you don't know, Harley Earl is one of the most interesting people in the in in automotive history in the last century. He was around a million years. And had a huge. I think the two people that had the biggest effect on car design. I'm not visual design, not anything else. Uh, Harley Earl and Raymond Lowy. Uh, these guys were were amazing. So we have to pick a car that reflects an innovative design. That's a nice, easy thing to do, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, with that, we're gonna we're up against the break. We'll be back right after these messages. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. 
passport transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're back on the Classic Car Show, and uh, glad to have you with us today. We've got Steve Ronaldo at the round table, and on the line with us is Russell Glantz. And, uh, Russell, let me ask you, is your title executive director or chairman of the Boca Raton uh, Concourse de my, my title is my title is operations chairman, and that encompasses everything that happens the day of, meaning all the judging, scoring, um, car car placement, car selection, everything leading up to the day of the event. And what about that? What about that? Uh uh, trash that's sitting over there on the side. Do you take care of that? Is and and, and the J- Jiffy Johnnies. You got them in a straight row and all that. Well, we uh, we have a pretty pretty down path uh, for our eleventh year. So uh, we're satisfied with the field. We usually get between one hundred and fifty and one hundred and seventy cars, and they're in twenty different categories. So uh, we're pretty organized, I believe. How long have you been doing it? I joined them. I actually showed there at the uh, 2008 show, and then I came in on the seventh annual in 2013. Okay. Uh, so how did this thing get started? I know it's really hard. There, we've had here in the Atlanta area several attempts to, to start one of these events, and none of them have... have had any staying power how, how did this thing well, get started we, we have a very dynamic uh, board and the founder is uh, Rick and Rita Case who are huge in the automotive industry as far as uh, dealers the Case family brought Honda to the United States so they're very very well they're, they're from the Ohio area Cleveland so they had dealerships in Cleveland. Then they looked at demographics and saw South Florida is somewhere to be. So they came to the Southeast Florida and had dealerships through Florida and Georgia. So uh, Mr. Case is the leading dynamic force behind this. And then he has two associates. The chairman is Jamie McDonald. Jamie is a very successful entrepreneur that uh, really dabbles in all types of businesses, mainly restaurants. He's a restaurateur. And then we have Dr. Eddie Dower. Uh, He's a uh, surgeon, works out of University of Miami Hospital. He's a he's a teaching scholar there, and he was on the car side of it since he was a he was associated with and part of CCCA and AACA. So that's so these three gentlemen put this thing together, and it started back in 2007, and um, it has grown considerably uh, since that time. You said that uh, you had. 
between 150 and what 175 cars. How's your lineup coming yeah, for in this that year? Range. It, you know, we 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 get about 500 applicants, and we accept about 170 or 175, and then depending on the weather conditions, either good or bad, um, some cars drop out. So this year we have 20 classes with eight to ten. Uh, then there are display cars, and there are uh, collections of cars. For this year, our feature is Auburn, Court, and Duesenberg. So we are amassing one of the largest single displays of those three marquees in the country. I mean, you'll see you'll see thirty of them on the field, and that that's very very rare. And I have to I have to throw a plug in for our sponsor. Uh, you're using one of the greatest car transportation uh, transporters in the country, Passport Transport, and uh, we're glad that uh, you all have worked out whatever you do to work out that uh, they're uh, they're going to be the ones transporting the cars for you. Yes, sir. We have a very good relationship with the the chairman. Uh, I visited his his museum. Uh, he has helped us year after year, and we're very proud and happy to have Passport as our official carrier. Well, um, I was speaking with Ed Watts the other day, and he said to be sure and tell yellow. So I have delivered okay, the message. very good. <laughs> I'll be talking with Ed next week, actually. To uh, I'm sending him up to the Gilmore Museum and over to the ACD Museum to pick up some very, very special cars. Oh, that's fantastic! Speaking of that, can you uh, identify some of the some of the very rare cars that you all will have, and and the unique? Well, um, or do you want to keep that classified? Have, well, it, in the different classes, our classes start with A and go all the way to P. So let me sort of overview that. So we have antique and vintage through 1915, and that would be A, and then in consecutive order, American classics, 1916 through 1934, and then C would be American classics, 1935 to 1948, and then we go into American production, which would be 1925 through 1942. Then American production, 46 through 59. American production, again, 1960 through 1975. 1975, by the way, is our cutoff. Then we have American sports, 1946 through 60. Then American sports, 61 through 75. Then we go to American performance and muscle, 1960 through 1974. Then we go into the foreign marks. So we have foreign touring pre-war through 1942. Then we have foreign touring post-war, 46 through 75. Rolls-Royce and Bentley pre-war through 42. Rolls-Royce and Bentley post-war, 46 to 75. Foreign sports through 1959. And then foreign sports late, 1960 through 1975. 
and then a unique and limited production category, which would be sort of one-offs or very rare cars, which would be 19 through 1975. Then we have a preservation class through 1975 for all the cars. And we have a micro car display. Uh, so that would be all years for micro. Then this year we did something interesting. We did, we have vintage professional vehicles. And what I mean by that are things that, for instance, we have the, uh, Kraft's Food Wienermobile. We have a Smith pie truck. We have a Packard flower truck. Uh, from the Packard Museum. Uh, those are just a few in, in that. And then we have Collector of the Year, Rick Case. Every year since I've been there, we've, we've, uh, had a category for Collector of the Year. So Mr. Case will bring his Honda products everywhere from the first Honda from in the United States all the way through the new NSX. Wow. So, um, should be very interesting. And then we have a wonderful motorcycle group where we usually get about 50 or 55 bikes, and that goes uh, pre-war domestic, foreign, then Japanese, British, and and then racing motorcycles. So it's a very well-rounded event. And yeah. to answer your question directly, some of these Duesenbergs have never been seen. We have a collection coming from the from the uh, Gilmore Museum that all the cars are the exact same colorway, silver over blue. And it, it would be stunning to see five or seven of these cars all lined up. Um, we have a couple Auburns coming that are boat tail speedsters that are identical, so... On either end of the lineup, we're going to use them as bookends, so to speak. Um, we have a Duesenberg coming from a famous collector that uh, has won its class either in Pebble and and Amelia. So we're getting a lot of support and, and great support for these kind of cars. And we had a very excellent show last year with Packard as our Mark of the Year. And when we did our wrap-up meeting the day after the event, how do you beat Packers, you know, and how do you beat Jay Leno as, as your host? So we came up with, you know, what's the best American cars in the world, and that would be Auburn, Cordon, Duesenberg. And we have the support of the museum, and we have the museum president as a uh, honorary judge, and we have support of the club, and we have the club president and past president as honorary judges. And also for the museum, we have the curator as an honorary judge. So these these professionals know these cars. Um, so it, it, it's going to be... It, it's very hard when you have, you know, 1099.9 cars. How, how do you... Who wins that class? I'll tell you what. And, let's uh, uh, let's let's put that question on the board. We've got to take a hard break here, and we'll come back and okay. uh, we can answer that, or have you answer okay. it? I should say. We'll be back with Russell Glantz right after this. This is Skip Coriel 
host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, and I must apologize to Russell. It's Russell Glace that we have on from uh, Boca Raton, and uh, Russell, I apologize. I don't know where I got the other pronunciation, but we got it right. No problem. Thank you, sir. So, uh, I guess as you would look at it, this is a very busy time, Uh, the 10th of February, from my Getting standpoint, close. looks like it's a ways off. But uh, from your standpoint, I would say it's getting down to uh, fish or cut bait, right? Oh, absolutely. We we start planning the you know the, the right after the last concourse. So you know the events the events are scheduled. the The mark of the year is established. The anniversary mark of the year is established. And then I travel the country pursuing. Uh, collectors and collector cars. Uh, basically, my, my territory is east of the Mississippi because of travel expense. But I try to find, I go to most concours, I judge at approximately, I don't know, 12 to 15 events a year. And then I uh, I seek to, to find great cars and, and wild cars. So those are, you know, the type of thing. Th- this concours is all about the children. And this, this is an event, this is a very unusual event because we are a charity with a car show, not a car show with a charity. That is a huge difference. And as far as I know, as far as we know, we're the only event like this in the United States that is a charity with the car show. 
So we have one benefactor, and that benefactor is the Boys and Girls Club of Broward County. So, so that, it, it sort of uh, ties me up as far as trying to get cars transported because all the, there's no paid people on, on the board or everyone's a volunteer. And I don't have the transportation dollars like some of the other events in the country. So uh, I, I do run a transportation fund for collectors and um, especially display cars. Like last year we had hot rods. So when we use the funds um, to bring those cars in from all over the country, we, we seek funding for the next year from that past group. So everything that is done is is on a volunteer basis and everything is done is on a donation basis. So that, that does sort of limit me uh, a bit. Since uh, you brought it up um, regarding the Boys and Girls Clubs of, of Broward County, do they? Do you have a lot of kids that come to it, and uh, are they welcome to come to it? Oh yes, absolutely. We we encourage it. And how do you uh, how do you keep the fingerprints off of the cars? <laughs> well, in every class, I have a class host, and that class host is the is the actual uh, point of contact for every owner. So, the class host is supervising basically 10 cars and only 10 cars. And with that with that class host, I have a teenage volunteer from the Boys and Girls Club representing the Boys and Girls Club as his helper. So these two gentlemen, or ladies and gentlemen, they stay within that area, their own, you know, class A, B, C, D, you know, through, uh, through P, um, they stay within that group, and the children are very respectful, actually. I mean, if, if they're supervised with their parents, the parents know that, you know, these, these, some of these cars are multi-million dollar specimens. And some of the owners, believe it or not, encourage the children, if they're, if they're, if they're respectful, I mean, I've seen the, the owners open the doors and have the kids sitting behind the wheel, and, <laughs> you know, the children are the future of this business. And Absolutely. It is a business. Um, even though it's a hobby, uh, there, there's there's basically 30 concours east of the Mississippi. So how do you attract, how do you attract the right people and the right cars? Well, the way you do that is you have the right charity. And the right charity, because when a when an owner, for instance, say an owner is coming from Utah, if he looks at his calendar with his handler, the person that sort of manages the collection, they will look to see where they want to go. And the cost is, uh, you know, considerable. I mean, it, it will cost basically... A person coming that distance, it will cost them between five and seven thousand dollars to show their car, their own cost, between transportation, lodging, food, uh, trucking, help, so forth and so on. So, what separates that from a, a different show is they will look at the charity, and if it is a children's charity, 
for a uh, medical charity or a uh, pet charity, they will be favored over something local. For instance, there is a charity in in Florida that has done like a Philharmonic. That that's their that's their charity. If you're a collector, the same guy in Utah, and you look and you see, well, am I going to go there and support the Philharmonic, or am I going to another one in Florida and support support the Boys and Girls Club? That is how they come to us because we are a national-based charity that has great exposure, has great support, and has, uh, you know, actors that have come through the program and people that support this. So a collector coming a great distance will will only be able to go to a few shows. So the, the shows with the bigger charity national charity will get their support Russell uh, with with what you're saying and and you hit very close to home with us and that uh, Steve ever since we started the show we it's sort of been dedicated to the next generation and getting the younger people involved in the hobby and so forth let me ask uh, do you all work with or do you have like, like we have a, a young man um, in uh, Kyle and I can't think of his last name off the top of my head, but uh, Kyle is at Alfred State uh, College in Upper New York, and um, they have started a school program for restoration and basically working on classic cars and so forth. Do you have uh, tables, or do you do you promote, or do you go after any college? There's what. Pennsylvania. What are the others? Some of the well, others. McPherson, McPherson. Ball, Ball State. There's there's about four or five that do, do auto restoration. Do you have tables set up for them, or would you welcome them if they came and and talked? To, obviously, the owners that are bringing their cars would care less, but maybe, maybe not. But uh, the kids that would be there, possibly getting them involved with some of the universities and the the potential of going. Oh, to these ab- schools. absolutely. We we would definitely welcome them, and we do have. We don't have the facilities to do automotive restoration, but we do have volunteers that um, spend their time with some of the boys and girls in the club, and they build a motorcycle every year. And we have, and it was just uh, last weekend, actually, we have what's called the Biker's Bash, and they will have the children take, take a motorcycle and make a custom motorcycle out of it, then they will auction that motorcycle off. Oh, that's cool. That's so it's a good very idea. very similar to, I think, what you're you're speaking of. Uh, there are associations. I, I know that we work with Collier Museum and with the Rev Institute, and that that's a program, you know, through through a college. That it's like McPherson, and and we had. Uh, people who represent McPherson College there, and, and uh, actually one of our judges was one of the first graduates of, of that program. So uh, to answer your question, yes, I think we'd be very interested in that. And it, it, it is something, there's one of our collectors, and he's, he's been very generous to us, um, that has had me bring a busload of boys and girls 
to his museum, and all he wanted was five minutes of their time at the end of their little tour. He he, he offered lunch. He brought in, um, you know, video games and pinball machines, and he has this spectacular museum set up in in the Palm Beach area that he's he's hosted twice now. Um, uh, an area for the kids and, and he wants to give back and even in his own shop I know that he has taken his his handler or his manager there and his manager went to a local high school, Forest Hills High School in West Palm Beach, Florida went to the guidance counselor asked the guidance counselor if, if they would recommend a series of children that may be interested in being an understudy for a restoration career um, took this group of kids and took a car from basically started, it was a, a Delahaye took a tremendous um, base car and brought it to the point that it won Amelia Island and it was through the children from the program through the high school that these kids have stayed on and you know now they are experts in the field um, so he does this and he does this to give back and you know his his thinking was and he's told me this and this is public knowledge when he talked to the guidance counselor he had offered you know like what are these kids going to do when they graduate if they're not going to college they're going to end up who knows where? So instead of being a uh, say a bag boy somewhere at a at a local supermarket, he took that that level of income, whatever their pay scale would be, and he tripled it just to teach the kids the trade. And by doing so, he's weeded out you know uh, kids in this program that he has a real crew of kids that would have probably fallen between the cracks and he's made them professionals so that that to me is uh, you know a, a feel good story he's, he's a terrific entrepreneur he's, he's given back and in the five minutes he wanted to talk with the kids of course he told the kids and here's a little story he told the kids um, they asked him of course how he, he became so wealthy and he told them a story that his first job, he he worked somewhere that he was sweeping, sweeping up a floor somewhere. And he said that they're supposed to start at 8 o'clock and leave at 4 o'clock. He said he would get there at 7.30. And at all times, he would move, meaning he would not be standing around. He would be sweeping or talking or there was always action. So he got there early, and he stayed late, and that that drive and ambition has created a very successful entrepreneur, and that's all he wanted to tell the kids is, you know, stick to it, you know, family is everything, education is everything, and out of the, say, 100 children that we took up there, all he said to us as the management team is, if I if I got to one kid, if one if one of these children listened, then it was all worthwhile. So, you know, 
children are the future of this business and every business, obviously. But in, in our hobby, this car hobby, so many people are aging out. Sure. And we need to create interest, and the way to create interest is to get the kids involved. Russell, we're up against another one of the hard breaks. If you can stick with us, we'll be back with sure. Russell Glace right after this. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, and we've got um, Mr. Boca Raton Concourse d'Elegance, Mr. Russell Glace on the, on the line and on the, the show with us today, and I think Russell... Um, Steve has a couple of yeah, questions he wants to ask. A couple of things that you mentioned earlier, you get about 500 applications. How, yes, what is the selection process? What does, what does somebody have to do to get a, a, a car involved in something like See, I'm used to AACA national meets, and, and that's a whole different ballgame. Uh, uh, We're looking for cars that are dead stock, the way they came from the factory. Really no enhancements, just the way that they rolled out. So if there is a, if there are two cars and one is modified and one is stock and they're both of the same caliber, we will take the stock car uh, every day. And we look at, we ask for photographs, three photographs, meaning a uh, three-quarter shot, which would show us the front and the side, uh, the interior, and then the engine bay. Each car uh, is judged on that criteria. However, the engine bay, we're just looking to see if it's powered by the proper engine. For instance, if we find a, a Jaguar with a Chevy engine, then that car is obviously rejected. 
Uh, and we're also looking for rarity. We're looking for the wild cars. Typically, we have an open and closed in every section, meaning a convertible or a coupe. And typically, we will go with a uh, two-door hardtop over a four-door sedan. So one of the categories that we get hit with the hardest or the most cars are Corvettes. So when we're looking at, say, the Corvettes, we're looking for some of the idyllic Corvettes. So we're looking for a 63 split window with a uh, fuel injection and tanker. So that means, you know, large gas tank. Or we're looking for a 1967, which would be a 427, which would be, we would term sort of like a big dog car. So 427, 425 horsepower. We would look for a roadster or we look for a coupe. And of course, it's the wow factor. You know, if, if a car is, it has that bling, that's, that's really what we're looking for. And we're only really trying to find one in every category. So we, we really, if we have a choice, we would have sort of one in each year, meaning, you know, 60, you know, 50, uh, 58, 57, all the way through 1967. So that would be our 10 cars. Okay. All right. Now, now the other the other question always comes up when, when people talk about, uh, again, we'll use AACA judging versus concourse judging. What's the difference between getting your car ev- judged or evaluated at a concourse-type event as opposed to an AACA event where it's very strict and very much controlled and you have all of the high real rules and stuff? Well, in Concord judging and most Concords around the country, it's French judging, and French judging is fit and finish. We don't really care about underneath the car or clamps or mufflers or tailpipes Quite frankly, we don't have time to judge it under those standards. This is not club judging. A club judging is completely different, like a, a Porsche judging or a Corvette judging. They're looking for the specifics of, of the right hose clamp. That's not what we don't have time to do that. I mean, with this many cars, our teams, teams of judges, they're typically three to four in a team looking at 10 cars they basically have five minutes to look at that car and you have to make everybody feel warm and comfortable warm and fuzzy so you're giving you're thanking everybody for taking the time and effort to come you're introducing yourself and you're introducing your team and then you look at the car we'll always ask a person to quote unquote button it up meaning have the the roof up have the the Doors closed, the hood closed, the trunk closed, um, the windows up. So we look at the car, we walk around the car, and we're looking for the fit. So we're looking to see that the, the trunk or the boot is correct. We're looking to see that the hood is correct. We're looking for those lines. If you remember years ago, uh, Lexus had a, an ad that uh, showed a ball bearing running down a seam. That, that's, that's the fit line. Um, then we'll split the judges into the categories. So we'll have an interior person, we'll have an engine bay person, and we'll have a 
body person. That body person is also responsible for the trunk or the boot. So we walk around the car, and it, then it takes it takes five to you know seven minutes, and the, that's that's the French part of it. Now, the French side of this, it, it's all about the fashion, you know, and it's uh, subjective and objective. So if the car has history, or the car has, you know, if this car was, I don't know, for instance, a parade car for uh, one of the past presidents, which we've we've had cars there. That car would have points for that their their rarity. Like this this class we have coming up with Auburn Cords and Duesenberg, these are very, very important cars with very deep history. So that will play a great, great factor in the judging. And when they're all high point cars, the difference may be the history. Okay, so so you guys aren't like uh, like I said, where you like you mentioned too that you know you don't have to have the the correct carburetor and the correct this and the you mentioned hose clamps and valve stems for the tires and all that stuff. It's well, we're looking for it. Like I said in the very beginning, we're looking for it to be the way it left the factory. If it has chrome valve stems on with you know little dice or something. <laughs> you see in a car show, that's absolutely a deduct. So you know we're we're looking for just the way it left the factory, nothing more, nothing less. If it's over restored, if it's highly polished, you know these these cars did not come from the factory with with you know the the engine bling that you see in in some of these events. That's that's a deduct as well as something being incorrect as a deduct. If a car has air conditioning on it, that the car never came with air conditioning, that is a deduct. If the car has, um, I don't know, uh, a modified interior that they put a console in there that the car never came with a console, that's a deduct. We want it just the way it left the factory. Yeah, the big discussion point right now in, the, in, in, in judging circles is radial tires on older cars. That's, that's a... That's a big, big discussion point. Uh, the radial yeah. tires. And Safety stuff. equipment is the only thing that that uh, does not get deducted. If if we we ask that each owner bring a fire extinguisher, and that fire extinguisher is with the car, so that's fine. Safety belts we encourage. Um, but if a car has, a, you know, a, a Sony tape player in it, and you know, we know that didn't come from the factory. Obviously, that's a deduct. We want it just, we want it pure. Do you have public public uh, voting, you know, like the, the public's choice or people's choice or that kind of stuff? Yes, we do. We, we have people's choice and we have the Haggerty Youth. So we have Haggerty Insurance as one of our sponsors. Sure. There's Haggerty Judging. Yes, so I did. I I did children. that program with I did that program with Tabitha. She and I did the Haggerty Youth Judging Program. Okay, so we we have that as well. So the kids the kids pick their their uh, their favorite car. We have uh, a chairman's award. We have chief judge awards. You know, we we have some of those uh, specialty awards. 
Russell, we're uh, getting close to uh, the end of the show, so I wanted to ask, uh, how do people contact you? Let's look at it from a person that has a car. Is it too late to contact you about getting into it if you have a car? And the other thing no, is, we, uh, let's talk about how to... Cars. We still need we, cars. January 10th is our cutoff, and uh, online you would apply to Boca Raton Concours.com. You would send... Um, an application to a, a, a one of our ladies, Francie Adams, or you can call in at 954-537-1010 or email uh, Francie at fadams at bgcbc, which is Boys and Girls Club of Broward County dot org. And... and uh, we, we definitely, we, we have a category, a 50-year anniversary category for cars that were 50 years ago. So the Camaro was introduced in, in uh, 1967, the Firebird, the Cougar. Um, so we're looking for those particular cars as well, but a completely stock car. Seems like yes. Many, many have applied, but many of them have been modified. You know, the baby boomers, such as myself, um, you know, a lot of these cars, they, they, they modify to their own liking, and that is not the kind of uh, type of car we want. We're, we're looking for, you know, uh, a purely stock car. Showroom but drive need, out, right? We do need those uh, in that category. What there about are several the- open categories. What about the public? Uh, should they be buying tickets now, or how do they come to the uh, Concord? Yes, they would buy tickets online now at a, at a discount, or they buy in the day of the show. Um, I'm not sure of the, the exact rates this year, but go online. Everything is online. Uh, what you need to know, this year we, we've introduced a, a uh, an auction. We have the finest auction that it will have auction cars on premises in the grand ballroom of the Boca Hotel and Club, going anywhere from a, a, a Duesenberg. We have Russell. Coming. I, I'm, I'm afraid, I, Russell. I'm afraid I'm going to have to interrupt you. We're out of time. Uh, I want to thank. Okay. I want to thank you for yeah, being. Thank on you, Russell. And uh, look forward to the Boca Raton Concourse Delegates. So we'll okay, be. I hope I did okay with you guys. Oh, oh yeah, you did, you did great. Fine. Thanks. You did great. Thanks. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.